Good morning, everyone. It's Judith A. Culp. You're listening to Mad Love. I'm a little congested this morning. What's going on? Someone is trying to make me sick. <sighs> but my immune system is pretty robust, so I feel like I'm going to fight it off. I haven't had a cold in quite some time. I do battle allergies, though. Crazy. And the weather's not helping. It's March, and it's like two degrees outside. Eesh. Anyway, I uh, had one last thought, I think, on the Leaving Neverland thing. Um, If you didn't watch it, and I know a lot of people didn't, um, yeah, I get it. It's uncomfortable. You're over it. Michael Jackson was found not guilty twice. Or wait, he was found not guilty once, and then he paid off, settled the first case, um, which... We were told it shouldn't be an admission of guilt, but once you hear these young men, well, they're men now, but when they talk, you remember them being little boys. You remember both of these guys in Michael Jackson's life. And, um, yeah, the second part was more about who they are, you know, post-Michael. But the first part is really powerful because you remember the Pepsi commercial that this one kid was in. You remember Wade Robson. You remember watching him choreograph all these other stars and stuff. So um, it's tragic. And I know people don't want to believe it, but uh, it's happening. And even if you don't believe it was Michael Jackson and these young men, which I do believe, but if you even if you don't believe that, um, someone is being attacked right now. I mean, it is happening at an alarming rate, Uh, grown people sexually abusing children, and it's it's epidemic, I believe. Um, And I think for me working where I work now, that was probably the biggest shocker. All of the crime was a shock, but the, the volume of it, but the sheer number of grown people wanting to have sex with children under 12, prepubescent, uh, was very shocking to me. So, I mean, let's rip the bandaid off and, and start talking about it and start trying to come up with effective solutions to protect our children. This is, this is not something they should have to deal with. And it's so much shame attached to it that this is a trauma that, that haunts them for the rest of their lives. You got to get help for this stuff. Um, anyway, my th- and my other thought on that is, you know, when will we stop sacrificing our kids so they can have a, a career? Because to a lesser extent than, say, R. Kelly, um, these kids actually did travel the world with Michael Jackson and did get fame for Michael Jackson, but he pretty much seduced their whole families to make it happen, and he had the money and fame at that time to do that. Um But, you know, fame is a poison. It's a toxin. And I'm not understanding why so many people want to be famous. They actually probably don't know any famous famous people. I've met famous people. Many of them are really, really unhappy. And, you know, if you're an unhappy person in the beginning, fame is not going to fix that. You're just going to be more unhappy. Um, and, And nobody's career is worth that. No no amount of fame is worth your child's body, period. Um, 
And it seemed more subtle in this documentary than, say, the R. Kelly uh, docuseries. I mean, they all were like, yeah, take our daughter, <laughs> which isn't funny at all. But it, the energy I felt from many of the parents were was that, like, just take take my daughter and make her famous, you know, because uh, some of them were a little older, but a lot of them, like, dropped out of high school. So I don't know. We need to stop as a society, as a society worshiping fame and the famous. Um, it's not, it's not worth it. Also, really quickly, I've worked with a lot of entrepreneurs, um, and I, I just feel like it's time for a, a reminder. If you're in a service industry, don't forget that you serve people. Um, I was talking to a friend of mine the other day. And yes, I get it. You love your business. Yes, I get it. You want to, uh, you, you love working for yourself because you want to do whatever you want to do every day. But if you have a business where people have to come in and sit and eat or drink or whatever, uh, the business is really not for you. It's for them. And, uh, I've worked with entrepreneurs who've, you know, done crazy stuff. Like I'm going to play, you know, this far out record that I got from my boy in Japan and put it on and it sounds like death. Everybody wants out of the restaurant, but it's like, nope, this is my new favorite record. And it's like, you can't run your business like that. You're not in business for yourself. You're in business for the people. So, you know, I was working with some entrepreneurs in the last couple of years where uh, in all of our meetings, everybody's like, well, we need to make more money uh, the focus is to bring more money. And I'm like, but what about helping people? Like, I thought that we were a service. I thought we were supposed to serve people. And that would pretty much just bring crickets. When I have to remind you that you're in business to serve people, we're on a, a dark road. <laughs> so, uh, especially if your business is a service business and you know it going in. And I'm still trying to remind you that, you know, ultimately you got to serve people. Um We've wandered down some bad road, and I think uh, a lot of businesses are on bad road right now. So if you are an entrepreneur or you know someone who's an entrepreneur, you a gentle reminder, you know, we are here to serve. And your business will grow and be successful the better your service is. Ta-da! <laughs> Have a great Tuesday.